Good morning, Portland. I'm Kira Lindenberg, and this is Everything is Interesting, the show about science, right here on XAFM. Kira Klingenberg is out of town this week, and I'm very sad to be Kira-less. But she'll be back for our next episode. But you're also Kira-full. That's true. Thank you. It's one of the nicest things anyone's ever said to me. You are 100% careful. (laughs) That's true. But I like to be 200%. So today, with the help of Jefferson and our producer, Nick, we'll be exploring the strange world of alternative families, but not as in like stepdads and half cousins. I mean, babies that have three biological parents. Three? Yeah. So I. (laughs) I know. Math is weird. I learned that you can't trisect an angle. And I learned that you can make a child yeah. with two people. Yes. And maybe like one in a tiny bit. Like maybe like just one in a tiny, like just a little, little tiny bit. One plus a tiny bit. You can also make one. This is going to be a really difficult show to keep in the parameters of morning FM radio. I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable <laughs> understanding where that line good, is and good. not going across a bit. But, but I, so I don't know. I, so I knew about two and one in a tiny bit. I don't know yep. about three. What's going on? Okay. So definitely if you have two parents... You have like, by the way, we're going to use biological terms. So if you don't want your kids to hear this, you you should cover their ears, right? Earmuffs right now. Um, So if you've got two parents, you've got one set of genes from sperm. and You've got one set of genes from an egg and that makes a baby. But a single baby can end up with genes from three people. This is fascinating to me. Yeah. Oh, it is. It's super cool. You have sparked my curiosity. Good. Good. Well, yeah. I hope you you think it's interesting. You have also sparked the curiosity of the poly movement or poly aspirants. Oh, I sure have. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. I didn't even think about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we are all about social justice here. So in the spirit of fun, let's find out about these wacky gene transfers by playing science fact or science fiction. So our producer, Nick, is going to give us scenarios that explain how a baby can get genes from three or more parents. And some of the scenarios have actually happened, and some of them Kira and I just made up. So Jefferson, you're going to do your best to tell fact from fiction. Will do. Okay. All right. And like I said, if you've got any kids in the car, maybe maybe they don't want to listen to this one. But we're not going to talk about anything vulgar. It's just science. All right. So ready with scenario number one, Nick? Sure am. Okay. Oh. (laughs) That was a lie. (laughs) Turn it down. <laughs> yeah, turn it down. Yeah, Don't let anybody yeah. hear you say turn it down. This, uh, yeah, this, <laughs> this, is the, this is the live production. <laughs> the, by the way, everything is happening right now, careless. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, it was yeah. happening a moment yeah, ago, careful. <laughs> okay, but right now, careless. Everyone knows that it takes a sperm and an egg to end up with the cute little poop factories we call babies. But what you probably don't know is that in extremely rare cases, kissing can influence whose genes make to that make that baby. Occasionally, through something called sputum genomic transfer, DNA from kissing partner saliva can make its way from a man's digestive tract into the reproductive organs and become directly incorporated into a developing sperm egg, sperm cell. If the sperm happens to fertilize an egg belonging to another woman, the result is a child with DNA material from the mother, the father, and the kissing partner. All right. Awesome. Thanks, Nick. So what do you think, Jefferson? Is this fact or fiction? Hmm. Uh, I believe no. I don't think that DNA from a kissing partner's saliva can make its way into a man's digestive tract 
into the reproductive organs and become directly incorporated into the developing sperm cell. Very good. This one is fiction. Good. If for no other reason than, well, if you don't know how the digestive tract works and where it leads, it's then not connected that's, that's going to have to be a when whole other episode. One and a little bit, it was, that was not the little bit. <laughs> no. And, and also because I don't believe it's sputum. I think it's sputum. No. Th- <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily, this is not, this is not the pod, the uh, show about how to pronounce things. Okay. So, transferring DNA through your baby through kissing would be super weird, but the actual real story of genetic inheritance and how genes get from one cell into another is pretty weird anyway. So, all right, since we're lacking in curious today, Jefferson, could you help me out with this story? I will. Although Miguel might want to jump in. Miguel, on one of these. do you want to? Yeah. Do you want to do this one? Us? This next one? Yeah. How Miguelful? Sure. Our show is yeah. This this portion is also very careless. I should not have <laughs> carelessly put it over to you without you knowing oh, no. that that was going to happen. Miguel, go ahead. Stepped into the realm of puns. Let me jump in here. Oh. Almost. Yep. Go ahead. All of the thirty-seven point two trillion cells in our bodies contain DNA, the blueprint molecule that contains instructions on how to build us. In each cell, there are forty-six chromosomes, those handy little packages of compact, coiled-up DNA. The pattern sections in the DNA, known as genes, tell the cell exactly how to make every molecule in the body. Wow, thanks. Miguel, we're going to have you jump in more often. You're, you sound very authoritatively yeah, scientific. Miguel has a beautiful yeah, voice. It's awesome. not a knock to Nick. Miguel has a beautiful voice. <laughs> It is an octonic. You all have, no, you all have beautiful voices in my heart. Okay, the 46 chromosomes in each of your cells are actually comprised of 23 pairs. So for each of the 23 kinds of chromosomes, you have one from your mom and one from your dad. And when your body creates a reproductive cell, so like an egg or a sperm, one of your normal body cells with its 46 splits into two cells with 23 chromosomes each. But before the split, your mom's chromosome and your dad's chromosome do some mixing and matching of genes. You should see my hands are doing it right now. If you can oh, yeah, see put me that in the next studio. to the microphone mm-hmm. yep, so you yep, can yep. see better. So the egg, the egg that your body just created might have the eye color gene from your mom and the toe length gene from your dad. And then you'll pass those on to your kids. And if the process is that complicated with two parents, you can imagine how wacky it is with three, which is real, even though that last scenario was fake. Okay, let's move on to scenario two, and we'll see if this one is fact or fiction. Yeah, as we just discussed, each of your cells has 46 chromosomes full of DIY cell-making instructions, but there's also a super-secret set of DNA in each of your cells that we didn't tell you about. It's also a super-secret location. And it's a secret DNA that can be taken out from a third parent and transplanted to a fertilized egg, creating a three-parent baby. All right. Thank you. So, Jefferson, what do you think? Can, is there super secret DNA in a super secret location in your cell that can be transferred into a fertilized egg? Okay. I'm going to say there is, but my rationale for thinking mm-hmm. it is not very scientific. <laughs> it is that you use super secret. And I think you put super secret in there to make it seem not scientific. <laughs> He's on to us. Okay. <laughs> but I think there's all kinds of super secret crap that happens. I think there's super secret ha- stuff that happens in the government with like emails and with like Facebook accounts. Oh, I definitely no. think there is in little tiny cells I can't even see. If we could figure out how to, in every episode of Everything is Interesting, if we could somehow involve like lizard people from another dimension, I think that's, that's my life goal. Yeah, that, that goes beyond. <laughs> We're not Alex Jones here. <laughs> But I'm just saying, I do think there's stuff that happens in our body that we don't fully understand. Okay, and you are correct. So this one is totally real, and that super secret set of DNA is a relic from an ancient being. It's the mitochondria. So who wants to take us back in time and read all about the mitochondria? I thought that was the most teachery thing I've ever said on this show. Who wants to take us back in time and read about the mitochondria? 
All right, I'm going to jump in again. Long, long ago in an ocean not too far away, mitochondria were their own microscopic creatures with their own individual DNA. Mitochondria are pretty rad and super good at making usable energy out of otherwise useless oxygen. Somewhere around, somewhere around 1.5 billion years ago, uh, one of humans' uh, unicellular ancestors absorbed a mitochondrion into its jelloey body, probably an accident. The mitochondrion rather enjoyed its new, safe, squishy surroundings, and the single-celled ancestor of all animals really liked all the energy the mitochondrion was producing. Thus, a symbiotic relationship was born, and over time, the mitochondrion became a permanent part of animal cells. And that is how Scientology happened. That's right. No, it's Man, the Xenu came in. <laughs> that's right. First there were mitochondrion, and then there were Xenu. You guys, this is so awesome. I'm going to hire you all to follow me around and just tell me science stories and your awesome authority. That's what you voices. do. You tell us science oh, stories. Oh, right, right. I have us all backwards. We don't need Kira-less science stories as much as we need Kira-full. We might Thank need Miguel-full. Yeah. Anyway, we, all of you, X-ray-full. So nowadays, mitochondria are not considered independent beings. We categorize them with the little organ that are in all of our cells and they kind of do all the work for the cells. And every time a cell replicates itself, um, the chromosomal DNA tells the body how to make all the new organelles in, in the cell. But the mitochondria is different. It does not replicate when the rest of the cell replicates. So not only are they basically, the mitochondria are like making more of themselves all the time, they possess their own special ring of DNA, which if you know anything about DNA, our DNA does not exist in a ring, so this is weird. And they only contain 37 genes that only make a couple of enzymes and more mitochondria. But they're super important, these little mitochondria. They make all of the usable cellular energy in our body. And that's why there's 500 per cell. But sometimes they copy their own DNA incorrectly in a way that renders the new mitochondria useless. But we have a lot of cells in our yeah, body, right? 37 billion. That's a lot. Okay, 37 billion is a lot. And you just said, what, 500 mitochondria? Per cell, Per yeah. cell. Yeah. And 37 billion times 500 is a lot. <laughs> it's that's a, a, that's a, a lot. It's a high number. <laughs> it's, 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 it's an equivalent number to 500 here, times 37 billion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So is your body really going to shut down if just one of those a lot of yeah. mitochondria stop making energy? No. No, absolutely not. But if you are a growing embryo, you have to remember that your cell, so the cells of a growing embryo are all copies of the original egg cell. So if that egg contained a diseased or mutated mitochondria, that baby has little chance of surviving. So luckily, a couple years ago, embryologists developed a way to take healthy chromosomes from a prospective mother and implant them into a healthy cell, which has healthy mitochondria from a donor. And then this mutant two-mother egg, so now has mitochondria and the rest of the cell from donor, uh, chromosomal DNA from mother, is then fertilized with the father's sperm, implanted into the mother's uterus, and now you've got 23 chromosomes from mom, 23 chromosomes from dad, and mitochondrial DNA from donor, or mom number two, if you prefer. And that's a real live three-parent baby. Isn't science cool? Yes. <laughs> it is. You heard it here first. I still, <laughs> but I still. So wait a minute. You said lots of words. I want to make sure I understand. Yeah. So you have the two mother egg, mm-hmm. and the reason you have it, and how did how did it become a two mother egg? Because somebody took the smallest pipette in the world and sucked the DNA out of the mom's cell, yeah. out of the mom's egg cell, and implanted it into a donor cell. And the donor cell had had its its chromosomal DNA removed out of with that teeny tiny. And, and what does this have to do with midichlorians? 
Oh, I don't know. Is that a Scientology thing? I'm yeah, so embarrassed now. It's <laughs> what gives Jedis their power. Oh, Unfortunately, right, well, we yeah. we thought it was magic. Again, it was cooler <laughs> when it was a Jaws that never came above oh, the water. Uh-huh. But it turns out it was midichlorians, not to be confused with mitochondria. Oh, I see. I see where that could get confusing. Yeah. By the way, if you're just tuning in, this is everything is interesting. Yeah. Today we're talking about ways human babies can be born with genes from more than just two parents. So let's turn to our producers for our next science fact or science fiction scenario. Let's find out. So if you thought identical twins were pretty cool, wait till you hear about these semi-identical twins. While that sounds like siblings with mirror-perfect left sides and totally unique right sides, the term actually refers to their genetic makeup. See, normal identical twins begin as one egg fertilized by one sperm. But semi-identical twins... Well, they come out sharing the exact same genes on their mother's side, but different genes on their father's side. Semi-identical twins start as one egg, fertilized by two sperm, which can be from the same man or two different men. Complicated, but true. All right, Jefferson, what do you think? Fact or fiction? So it starts out, you have identical twins, but semi-identical twins come out because they're somehow, one egg is... One egg, it, <laughs> you, try, you know, fertilized yeah. by two sperm. If it, if it helps it you. It had to be like exactly the same moment, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, if this is true, then yeah. <laughs> if it helps you, regular identical twins start as one egg, one sperm. And then eventually that embryo somewhere along the line splits. Yes. And then you have like two of the yes. same person. And you're saying they have two went at the exactly same time. Mm-hmm. And then they split. Yeah. And with one and the other and one and the other. Yeah, sure. Okay. One <laughs> and one and one Whatever and one. that means. Yeah. Okay. Then it would have, you'd have semi-identical twins. Yeah. And that would mean half their bodies were identical. The left half was identical. The right <laughs> half was identical. No, no. That's not what yes. it would mean. But the, uh, so I'm going to say there's, I don't know, the time, there's some freaky stuff out there. Yeah. But the timing seems tricky to yeah. me. Yeah. So also, I'm not sure. Also, we didn't say the, the term super secret, so. I'm saying, I don't know if <laughs> I, I, I'm not confident about this. It seems like it, it seems actually the most theoretically plausible of uh-huh. the others, uh-huh. but I'm not prepared to in morning radio explain <laughs> the timing. So I'm going to say for purposes of discussion, false. Okay. Well, you are incorrect. This is actually a true wacky scenario. And technically, I get that twins don't fit into the equation of three parents, one baby. But since they started as one egg, and also this is like the craziest thing ever, I decided we'll, we'll let it slide. So semi-identical twins have been, they've long been theorized to exist, but they were only discovered in 2006 because this is a condition that's only identifiable through genetic testing. Like the twins look like just regular paternal non-identical twins. And the only case, the only first case was found because one of the twins was born gender ambiguous. And so the doctors theorized that two sperm that fertilized the egg that became these twins, one carried an X chromosome and one carried a Y chromosome. And of course, you know that when the sperm carries an X and Y. I get confused. (laughs) I know what the script says, but I'm trying to be as authentic as I can be. And I always got to forget, which is... I appreciate your honesty. Which is that. Yeah, so so if the... The Y chromosome is the one the boy has too, right? Yeah, so if if the sperm carries a Y chromosome, your baby is going to be... This is... That's the whole, you know... I don't see gender. When you... Of course you do. (laughs) That's that's really weird. That was getting very confusing in the dating scene. Um... So, yes, and if the, if the sperm carries an X chromosome, then your baby's going to end up a 
a girl. And remember that, everyone, if you happen to be in the... When, when was the era that kings like to kill their wives because they, you know, didn't produce boy babies? I, I can imagine it happens like now, somewhere. <laughs> like, I, I, misogyny over? I don't know. Oh, that I, got too real. So. That got yeah. too real too fast. Okay, so <clears throat> let's get back to the semi-identical twins. Each twin ended up with some of the DNA from each sperm, which is weird, but hang with me. Okay, these babies are called chimeras, which means that not all the cells in their bodies have the same DNA. So to give you an example, chimeras usually pop up when a non-identical twin passes away in utero and some of its cells are absorbed into the developing body of the other twin. So this other, the living twin, doesn't have all of the same DNA in all of its cells. But in this case, both viable embryos ended up with some of each other other cells. And so a chimera baby born with both male and female chromosome cells is not all that uncommon. And if they possess over 15% Y chromosome cells, remember that make bo- that would make a boy baby, um, they'll end up with, with male parts. And the gender ambiguous twin got less than the 15%, so that resulted in underdeveloped organs. And so the most likely explanation of how this happened is that one egg fused with two sperm at exactly the same time and became what's known as a triploid cell, a cell with three separate sets of DNA. We're talking 69 separate chromosomes. And that's not good because triploid humans don't usually survive. So it's possible that once this egg cell divided into two cells, you have to, everyone close your eyes and imagine this because this is really tough. Okay, you've got one cell. I can't look at the script with my eyes. But, okay, I, will, <laughs> but I, that. I love that you closed your eyes. So you've got one cell with three sets of chromosomes. That one cell splits into two cells. Each of those cells has three sets of chromosomes. The cells are like, no way, this isn't going to work. Each of those two cells finds a way to eliminate one set of the, the dad's chromosomes. Then each of those cells, with different genetics but part of the same fetus, the same organism, continued to multiply. So if you could artificially color these cells by gender, we'd see a fetus that has several cells and like randomly distributed pink and blue cells. Can I open my eyes? Yes. Okay. This is the part where you're supposed to say that's extremely heteronormative. It's way <laughs> extremely heteronormative. You even use like pink and blue colors, but also wanted to say that, that chimera uh, all in, in ancient Greek meaning she-goat was according to Greek mythology a monstrous fire-breathing hybrid creature uh, composed of the parts of more than one animal, usually depicted as a lion with the head of a goat and a tail that might end with a snake's head. I can't even fathom the genetics that would go into making that. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. So <clears throat> we have to go back. So the semi-identical twins, you've got this one fetus that has several cells from with different genetics in, in each cell. And then at some point down the road, when this embryo is a little bit bigger, it splits into two separate people. So each tiny prehuman contains some cells with genes from the first sperm and some cells with genes from the second sperm. Two twins, each with a percentage of DNA from the other twin, but you would never know because they're not identical. Oh, obviously. The moment I sat down, I thought I was looking into a mirror. We are not identical twins. <gasps> oh, no? No. Well, I wouldn't be too sure, pal. I don't lie. I am your brother, and you must let me help you get out of here. For those of you who are millennials, that's a clip from the movie Twins with Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Please tell me some of you have seen that movie. No, no one. It's just I've me. Seen it. Okay. Yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> All right. So, to be fair to you, Jefferson, as the quiz taker, 
the case of semi-identical twinery we've been discussing was produced by one egg and two sperm from the same man. But there's no reason why this would always have to be the case. As almost all occurrences of this phenomenon have gone undetected, it's entirely possible that there have been semi-identical twins resulting from one egg fertilized by two sperm from two different men. Hence, you would have two children, one and a half sets of DNA, and three parents. Boom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Scenario number four. Miguel, hit it. Yeah. So you've heard the saying, it takes a village to raise a child. Well, according to one theory, you might have lots of parents. One sper- once sperm reach the fallopian tubes, even if no egg is present, the hospitable environment that can keep them comfy and dormant for several years. Uh, when one sperm is about to fertilize an egg, it triggers a chemical reaction that revitalizes the hibernating sperm. Even though they're rejected by the egg, tiny pieces of their 23 chromosomes get lodged in the egg's tissue, absorbed, and then transferred into the final product. Okay. What do you think, Jefferson? Can sperm lay dormant for many years? No, those things are weak. <laughs> men are, you men said are, it, not men, me. Men, men are weak. We do not. Hey, you're just, you know, we're, or if we're strong, it's for very brief periods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are correct. And that actually, uh, this is a fake scenario. But I would like to tell you about a scenario that does happen, which is crazy. And I didn't believe about it until I heard about it a couple weeks ago, which is there are... What can happen is if you have, well, let's say, sorry to be a little blue, but if if a woman is with several men in the same day, what can happen is that DNA can transfer from one sperm to another. So they have actually found babies that have, let's say the egg was fertilized by sperm from man A, Mm -hmm. that baby will still have genes in its body from man B. And the way that that happens is that there are genes, this sounds insane, but it is true. There are genes that can jump from one sperm to another. And the sperm, actually, they found these proteins on the surface of the sperm that are are specifically designed to catch DNA that's floating by, which is crazy. We don't understand why they exist, but it does pose this, it suggests that possibly evolution has happened in a way that we totally don't understand. Regular natural selection is survival of the fittest, right? You end up randomly with with a trait and you might survive. But this is, we're talking, perhaps one sperm has, has found this genetic trait and another hasn't. This gene can jump from one sperm to another and end up in the fertilized egg, even if that sperm doesn't fertilize the egg. Wow. Did I confuse you? I think I kind of get it, but I, part of my <laughs> takeaway, genes, no, but it. actually one of my takeaways that, that r- relates to topics that are ongoing mm-hmm. is that, uh, is all of this reinforces that the, that all the hard dividing lines between yeah. mommy, daddy, boy, girl, uh, all the hard dividing lines that we try to create, it's uh-huh. not quite that, it, it's, it's a little more messy. Than it's that. not, it's not, not at all. And also that two parent, you know, I mean, say what you will about the nuclear family, but the two parent child and, and two parent family, it's a thing of the past. We, right. we have science now and genetics. So it's real. So thank you so much to our producers, uh, Miguel, Nick, Chancey, for and of course Jefferson for helping us out with our game today and for talking about how babies are made on live FM radio at 8.30 in the morning. I really appreciate that from you guys. Um, I'm Kira Lindenberg, and I'll be back in two weeks with my counterpart, Kira Klingenberg, for the next episode of Everything is Interesting in two weeks right here on X-Ray FM.